0: Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are f- having fantastic Wednesdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Um, I'm headed up to New York tomorrow. I'll be out in New York City. I'll be doing a couple of Fox News shows, Fox Business. I got a bunch of different shows that I'm doing Thursday and Friday from New York City. Then we're going to be with Clay and Buck down in Florida um, uh, doing a hurricane uh, event to help in South Florida, in Southwest Florida where Hurricane Ian hit. Uh, we promised we were going to do that when things got up and running. So will be in Naples, Fort Myers. That means there probably will not be a Thursday, Friday, Monday, maybe Tuesday too depending on how travel goes uh, edition of this program. But I will be back in about a week and then I'll be home theoretically for a decent period of time. But be in New York City, be in South Florida over the next several days. Announcement, the book, Uh, my next book gonna be released American Playbook on August 8th. Uh, You can sign up and go get an autographed copy right now. I will share the link later this afternoon uh, from uh, my at Clay Travis Twitter account. Um, But uh, I think you're gonna enjoy the book. It's about how to return normalcy and sanity to America and what issues could be focused on to help ensure that that were to occur. Again, that book will be out August 8th. What is it? May, June, July, August. About four months from now, uh, it'll officially be in stores on Tuesday, August 8th. I believe that it will be a bestseller. Fingers crossed that we are going to be able to move a bunch of copies of that book. And again, you can get autographed copies uh, if you would like. I'll share that link uh, here in the short term. Want to give credit. So as people out there say, hey, uh, more credit, less attack, right? I mean, I I can understand that. More positivity. So I want to give some credit. And I'm going to give some credit to two ESPN employees. Um, I saw today that both Sage Steele and Sam Ponder, two ESPN employees, came out and said that they support Riley Gaines. And I want to get their direct statements as clear as I can make them uh, so that all of you uh, can hear these yourself because I do think they're significant. Two of the highest profile people uh, at ESPN, Riley Gaines has been coming out fighting for women's sports to be made up of women. Uh, Sam Ponder says... This would take away so many opportunities for biological women and girls in sports. It's a shame we are needing to fight for the integrity of Title IX in 2023 and the reason it was needed in the first place. Hashtag Save Sports. Credit to Sam Ponder for saying that. Sage Steele said, this is in response to Riley Gaines, this is heartbreaking, maddening, and really difficult to watch. I keep thinking I'm going to wake up and be relieved this was all just a ridiculous, comical, nonsensical dream. Hashtag, I stand with Riley Gaines. Hashtag, save women's sports. Hashtag, title nine. Uh, that's from Sage Steele. I also will tell you that there are a lot of other women in sports who believe 100% in what Riley Gaines is saying and Riley Gaines is hearing from them as well, but they're terrified to go public. They're terrified to go public because, let's be honest, most people in women's sports can't make a living off of women's sports. Most people in sports media, who are men or women, don't make substantial enough money to feel like they have great job security. And so when you actually break this down, I give credit to Riley Gaines, I give credit to Sage Steele, Sam Ponder, for being able to speak out and willing to speak out but a lot of people are so terrified of being labeled transphobic or potentially losing their jobs that they aren't willing to speak out about this. Uh, And I understand that because from the moment we broke the story of the Penn swimming teammates of Leah Thomas and said, hey, wait a minute, Um, these girls don't feel like they can say this publicly, but they want to talk to OutKick because they have to go to grad school. They're going to try to get jobs when they graduate and they don't want the top Google result for their name to be being attacked for being transphobic. So let me be abundantly clear about this. It is not transphobic to believe in men's sports and women's sports. And to believe that men should be able to identify as women and dominate in women's sports is... An absolute direct attack upon women's sports. And Riley Gaines is speaking out. People say, why do you care? Well, for the same reason that I don't want a 16-year-old to be playing in 12-year-old Little League. For the same reason that I don't want a 30-year-old to be able to play high school sports. Because the entire purpose of sports is to find the best man or best woman within the fabric of the rules. Everyone should be treated treated equally inside of the uh, inside of the field, inside of the court, between the lines. All of it should be considered to be a hundred percent fair. And it's not fair to allow a dude who is six foot three with big hands, big feet. Women are smaller than men. Men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. This is not complicated. And so the fact that there are still relatively few people in the world of sports that are willing to speak out. Again, I give credit to Sam Ponder. I give credit to Sage Steele. I give credit to Riley Gaines. But they're still the minority, even though an overwhelming majority of people watching this right now agrees 100% with me, agrees 100% with OutKick on this. They're afraid. There is an atmosphere of fear where people are afraid to even acknowledge basic biological realities for fear of being attacked and potentially losing their job. Bill Maher said it, and it's true. No one has ever lost his or her job because they are too woke. Think about that for a minute. Not one that I'm aware of, Not one person in America that I am aware of has ever lost their job because they were too woke. In other words, you can go as far left wing as you want with whatever opinion you have and your job is safe. But if you end up in any kind of situation where you are in any way considered to have an unacceptable opinion, you'll be gone just like that. So I'm glad that Sam Ponder and Sage uh, Steele who have strong, strong contracts and who are among the most prominent women employees at ESPN are speaking out. But I wish there was more freedom and lack of fear in this country to allow more to speak out. But props to them. Uh, Draymond Green has been suspended for stomping on Sabonis. I said yesterday I thought this was the right call. And I understand some people disagree. But the reality is you are judged based not only on what you did, but on the history of what you've done. And Draymond Green has consistently acted out on the basketball court over much of the last decade. And he's been suspended multiple times, most memorably when he got suspended uh, in the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which helped to allow the Cavs to come back from a 3-1 series deficit and get a championship for Cleveland and LeBron James. Draymond Green has consistently put himself in these positions. Uh, And so he's not being judged as a guy who's 100% without fault in the past. We all are judged based on our prior history, not only what we're doing in the moment. I think it was the right call for the NBA. Um, I want to say thanks. Outkick set some incredible March records for audience, and this is from uh, this is from ComScore. If you're not familiar with how things work on the internet, uh, ComScore is a uh, universally utilized uh, counting mechanism. Right, it's kind of like Nielsen for online, uh, and we are the fastest growing site among big sites, right? Like that's sites that are top 20, top 25-ish. And over the last March, we had our second best month ever. We had a 376% year-over-year growth. This is from the press release, ComScore. Uh, 376% growth over last March. Uh, We had 55 million platform minutes, which was up 289%. Um, And I mean, it was the highest month ever of social media interactions. 352% increase on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, And our video views on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube were up 415% versus last March. Uh, So we are rolling and dominant And I couldn't appreciate more uh, you guys for being supporters of OutKick. And I also couldn't appreciate more the staff that we have working super hard every single day. When you talk about quadrupling your audience uh, from last March, it wasn't like we were small last March. I mean, a lot of you guys have been reading and watching OutKick videos for years now to quadruple our audience from last March is crazy. I don't know if we can continue to grow at any kind of rate like this. If we did, we'd be like two or three biggest sports site on the entire internet over by next year. I don't know if we can do that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know how much faster we can grow than we're doing right now. Uh, but over the last year, I've been incredibly proud of the work, of the talent, uh, and of, frankly, so many of you for helping to share our content and ensure that we have the massive audience that we do. Um, Did you see the reaction? I knew eventually the reaction would roll in uh, because people were upset with how good the feedback was on my interview with Stephen A. Smith. And you guys know, OutKick is serving the 75 or 80% of sports fans who are not woke, right? just totally normal dudes. I-, I believe that I am the most normal guy on the planet. I think I like the most normal things. I think that there is nothing like extraordinary about, I'm just a normal guy, right? I think there's almost a 100% chance that every single person watching this video, if you had a beer with me, you'd be like, "Yep, yeah, Clay is pretty much the most normal guy out there. Um, and I'm not like crazy about it. But I think that's why OutKick is growing so much. And guess what? My conversation with Stephen A, and you don't just have to take it from me, go read all of the comments on YouTube uh, of people reacting on Stephen A's page. This is not the OutKick YouTube, although I I do love, as I always say, I love you YouTube subscribers more than anyone, more than TikTok, more than Facebook, more than Twitter. YouTube is where our audience is skyrocketing. But the Stephen A. interview was not posted on YouTube, the Outkick page. It was posted on Stephen A.'s page. Go read all the comments if you're doubting me and see what the reaction was to my sit-down with Stephen A. on Monday. Overwhelmingly positive. People loved it. We didn't agree on everything, but they loved the idea of sitting down conversation between people who have disagreements, right? Um, So a couple of different... Losers in sports media said, uh, decided to take to Twitter because they were upset about how positive the reaction was. And one of them said, small sample size, but Stephen A. Smith's latest choice for a podcast guest has not been a huge hit internally. Right? So, what that means is this person in sports media. They're basically saying, oh, somebody reached out to me privately and they were upset that Clay Travis and Stephen A. talked. And then this guy who runs Awful Announcing said, uh, got on Twitter and said in response to that, I didn't do a good feedback audit, but he does seem like he threaded, meaning Stephen A., the needle a bit there. I think in general there is a thirst for let's talk it out discourse. Marjorie Taylor Greene on 60 Minutes. And I respect that. In my opinion, though, I think Clay has done enough to be disqualified on that front. Now, this is important, right? Because one thing that I have come to find in much of media is it is largely, totally, and completely artificial. In particular, the sports media is nothing like the average sports fan. So you have guys like this sitting around and arguing. Think about that. I think Clay has done enough to be disqualified on that front. This guy who runs Awful Announcing, which is a sports media site that exists to criticize people who are on television or radio or whatever else talking about sports, this guy believes that I have done enough, I'm reading directly from his tweet, to be disqualified on that front. That is, my opinions are so disqualifying that I shouldn't even be able to talk to Stephen A. Smith and have a conversation with him because this guy and the other guy say that they are upset about what the conversations are. Um, And he also says, this same awful announcing guy does, Stephen A. has largely been paid and been playing by his own rules. ESPN folks have long understood and accepted this. His interview yesterday with ESPN's biggest antagonist has had a major impact on how he's seen internally. Bad teammate is the kindest of what I've heard. Now look, first of all, I don't believe in anonymous sources, okay? I tell you every day exactly what I think. You can appreciate and respect what I think. You can think I'm the dumbest person on the planet and that nobody should ever take anything I've ever said about any subject seriously. That's how the First Amendment works. I don't have any problem with it. But I put my own name behind everything that I say. Now, when I retweeted these opinions yesterday afternoon, this awful announcing guy immediately turned off all mentions. Nobody was allowed to react to what he was saying. But this is how they try to gatekeep sports media opinions. See, again, the data is reflecting it. You can just go look at how fast OutKick is growing. We are speaking to 75 or 80% of the American sports fans every single day. We are growing rapidly because we directly connect with the anti-woke sports subset. And then there's like 20% of the audience, which lives on Twitter and is not representative, 20% is probably too high, that is extremely woke and that sees everything on sports through the prism of far left-wing politics. And that's like awful announcing. They have a tiny audience, but they are battling every single day for influence. And a lot, this is unfortunate, but a lot of executives are afraid of controversy. And so they treat these guys as if they are in some way representative of the actual audience. Well, they aren't, right? If they were, their audience would be huge And the OutKick audience would be tiny. It's the opposite of that. We are dwarfing and dominating so many other people in sports media because we are speaking to the vast majority of the American sports fan population. And they're actually being tremendously underserved by the marketplace right now. But these fake narratives, these, oh, Stephen A is under massive assault from from people who work at ESPN. Well, first of all, Come out publicly and just own it, right? Don't even have to attack Stephen A. If you hate me, step into the arena and actually step up to me and explain why you hate me and why you believe the things that I am saying are unacceptable and should not be distributed. Open forum for you. Not arguing against you being able to do that at all. Step into the Thunderdome. They won't do it. So the way the sausage is made is sometimes they reach out to these losers and they tell them something on a DM or they tell them something on a text. Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't, but then they want them to come out and be the the source, right? Like, oh, this is a huge story. I'm actually surprised that they haven't been able to get more of a reaction from the Stephen A interview on Monday. And I think the reason why they haven't is because they're actually troubled by how popular that interview has been. And so this is their narrative device to try to shift the way that it's talked about. Make Again, it's taking you a little bit behind the curtain to show you how sports media narratives are formed and how oftentimes artificial the basis for those narratives can be. But I think it's important because I always tell all of you, I always say, Be super aggressive in the way that you consume media. In other words, anytime there's a negative article written about somebody, your first thought shouldn't be, oh, this is an interesting article. It should be, who benefits from this article being written? Number one thing you should think, who benefits from an attack article being written? Because how the article came about is oftentimes far more interesting from a narrative perspective than something that someone writes in an article. Just FYI, I'd encourage you to just think aggressively about the way that media narratives are developed. A couple of other things. Um, I saw this poll this morning. I couldn't believe it. Uh, According to USA Today, with the requisite, yes, I understand. Polls are untrustworthy. Anything can be out there. Uh, According to USA Today, in the Democrat primary right now, 67% of Democrat voters support Joe Biden. Doesn't really stun me, although it seems kind of low. What stunned me were these two. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has just announced that he is running for president as a Democrat, has 14% support. And Marianne Williamson has 5% support. So nearly 20% support For two people, RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson, who have gotten virtually no mainstream media attention. Now, I tweeted this out earlier today. I said it on Clay and Buck. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. open invite to come on the Clay and Buck radio program. That may stun some people. Buck and I do not run and hide from people who may disagree with us on some occasions. Open invite to RFK Jr. to come on and talk to our audience. Uh, I don't agree with everything RFK Jr. has done or said. Spoiler alert, just like I don't agree with anything any politician has ever all said or done, right? That's the way actual humans should interact, right? We should appreciate some things, agree with some things, disagree with others. That's how actual humans interact. I do know that RFK Jr. has been right on the COVID shot with much of what he said and that he's regularly attacking big pharma. And I think much of what he says about big pharma is also true. So open for him to come on the show. I also, right before we came on, saw Aaron Rodgers has endorsed Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for president. That also is interesting. I would imagine Aaron Rodgers is making that decision because Aaron Rodgers was also a COVID shot skeptic. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers, RFK Jr., Clay Travis, a lot of you out there who refuse to get the COVID shot, we've been proven right. In fact, the original two versions of the COVID shot no longer available on the marketplace. They've been pulled. So open invite to RFK Jr. to come on the show. Aaron Rodgers has endorsed him. 14%. I think this speaks to the weakness of Joe Biden's coalition. Remember, people didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Donald Trump. There's almost no one out there that is like, hey, I'm a huge Biden guy. Those people don't exist. And so if if the DNC actually put RFK Jr., Marianne Williamson, and Joe Biden on a debate stage, I think RFK Jr. would win. Sweep would wipe the floor with Joe Biden. That's why I think they're going to avoid putting Biden actually on the stage against him. But could RFK Jr. start to gain more support? I think what this speaks to is a lot of Democrats, a lot of Democrats are starting to recognize how much they have been lied to by the Biden administration. Remember, Joe Biden tried to mandate that 84 million people, that is virtually everyone who was employed by a decent sized company in America, under OSHA regulations had to get two COVID shots, two COVID shots that have now been pulled off the market because they don't work at all against COVID as we speak. So I welcome RFK Jr.'s introduction into the Democrat primary race. I wish there were more Democrats challenging Joe Biden because I would like to see Joe Biden have to stand up, answer questions, and actually defend his disastrous record in the first two plus years as president of the United States. Uh, Finally, and this is why we just said on the show, Democrats don't care that Joe Biden is 80 and not able to do the job. And they will run him at 82 years old and try to keep him in office all the way up until 86 years old Why would they do that? Because they care about power. And if you question that, if you're like, nah, Clay, I don't think they would be willing to do that, all you have to do is look at John Fetterman. John Fetterman hosted his first Senate subcommittee hearing today. I shared the videos. Maybe we can embed them in clips that we share as well here. He can't do the job. John Fetterman cannot do the job of United States Senator anyone who watched the debate in Pennsylvania knows this to be a fact. Fetterman is an empty suit. He is unwell. He is unable to do the basic job of a United States Senator. And I feel bad for Fetterman because he is being used by Democrats solely for political power and they know he can't do the job either. And what should happen is Fetterman should step down And there should be an election in November of next year to fill the remaining term of his Senate tenure. I doubt that that will happen because Democrats are terrified that they might lose the Fetterman seat and they are going to ride him out for six years, just like they're going to try to do with Joe Biden. They don't care. They have no sense of decency. They want the power. They want the seat. And that is why they are behaving in this manner. It's unfortunate. I hope he gets well, but he wasn't able to do the job. Anyone who watched the debate knew it. And Pennsylvanians made a disastrous choice to put an unwell person into one of the most important jobs in the entire United States. All right, I appreciate all of you. Be live on Clay and Buck tomorrow. We're doing a live show, as I told you we would, for Sean Hannity, Live show for Sean Hannity up in uh, New York City tomorrow. If you were going to be in New York City, you want free tickets, I will be on as a part of that program. My name is Clay Travis. BAP unless you need to BAP. This has been Outkick, the show.